Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And we're hitting from the back. I don't know why that song came to mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hitting from the back, just because I wanted to say we're back, but I don't um, know. I ran it. home so fast tonight because I realized I really miss you. Yeah, I get it. Honestly, first of all, your curls. I know the kids don't say on fleek anymore since you're the millennial. You have to tell me like what the new word is. But you had like a side profile picture with like your curls. I was like, look at Mandy mastering the curls. Oh yes, I. So much has happened since we were last on air. It's only been a couple of weeks, but I feel like lives have been changed. <laughs> Um, jewelry has been adorning fingers in certain places. My hair has been, has come out of the closet as a curly curl power. Um, but forget my hair for a second. I want to hear about your news because I don't know if these Brown Ambition listeners have been under a rock, but, uh, (laughs) Tiffany has some news for us. So Superman has officially asked me to be Superwoman. Oh, that's so cute. Wait a second. Now you definitely need to have like a cake topper of Superman and Superwoman. <laughs> I know, right? No, so I'll tell you how it, ha- it is so typical of. Yes, tell me the story. <laughs> so he had the ring, which we all kind of know. I don't know if we kept that part in where I said I kind of saw the ring beforehand. No, no. So people who are listening have no idea of these oh, current well, events. So worked out. What happened earlier, uh, after I got back from FinCon financial blogger conference that me and Mandy are always talking about that you don't probably care about. Um, I came home. He wasn't home. And I saw a white box on the dresser. So I was like, what's this white box? So I opened the white box and inside it was a ring box. And I said, shut up. And good Tiffany on one shoulder said, don't you open it. But then real realistic Tiffany was like, girl, you better open that box. And I did. And I took a quick peek and I closed it. Because I was like, wait, I would be surprised. And then I was like, wait, I don't know if I like it. And then me and Mandy talked about, like, it was too late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, wait a second. Let's talk about why he left it out in the open. He totally forgot. Because I wasn't home. So I I don't know if he was, like, showing one of his guy friends. So, like, now he's told me since then that um, he had bought it, like, a month or so prior. So it wasn't like he – I thought maybe he bought it when I was away at FinCon since Fincon was in California Aww. and I was there for a week. And so, but no, he'd bought it a while before. And so I don't know if he took it out to like look at it or whatever, but he'd cleaned up and, you know, I guess he just forgot it on the dresser. Meanwhile, we, you know, we have like our side of the dresser. It was on my side of the dresser by my jewelry box. <laughs> he got so, real comfortable while you were gone for yeah, Fincon. Con. very comfortable. <laughs> isn't and that so, sweet though? I, I feel like part of the romance of the proposal isn't like how they ask, but it's, knowing that they had the ring for a certain amount of time yeah. and all this time they knew they were going to pass. I know. And that's what I was like, oh, I, like I said, I didn't know all this then. So I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, wait, I was, I was, uh, I realized he was going to come home soon. So I did not dare open the box again. I put it back and I left. And when I was leaving and then coming back in, he was coming back in as well. So we kind of entered the house together and he thought I was just getting back. So we get upstairs and I, you know, pretended to see the ring box. Well, not the ring box. It was just a white box for the first time. And I was like, what's that? And he said, oh, <laughs> and he grabbed it. And he said, oh, Supergirl, I won't say her real name, his daughter. She's always leaving stuff in the room. Oh, and so he grabbed smooth. it. Like, and he pretended like it was a regular box and threw it in the garbage. And I was like, wow. <laughs> that was a little much. <laughs> Doing the most, Mandy. Oh, so my God. He's like, well, this isn't valuable. I'm throwing it away. <laughs> 
So I go upstairs. I go downstairs to get something to drink. I guess I, I was like, let me give him a chance to collect himself. <laughs> Come back out. And I realized like, okay, I looked at the white box later and it was empty. So he took out the ring from the white box. Um... And I guess he was like, you know, because Supergirl is always leaving. Like she's always getting like stuff from Claire's and stuff. So it wasn't a crazy story. Um, and um, so then I waited and I was like, ooh, my birthday's coming up. Y'all ain't know. Like if you are a BA listener, you know that I've already claimed that on my birthday, October 16th, which is just a couple of days ago, that's when my engagement was going to happen. Because we waiting. Heavily. So uh, Supergirl's birthday was October 1st. And um, my friends came and um, my best friend, Drina, came. And um, Drina said, let me, because I was like, Drina, I'm not sure if I like the ring. I didn't get a good look at it, but I think I don't like it. And she was like, girl, it's too late. It's too late. You had all this time. <laughs> to, to, to get put your order in and you did not and now you, I'm like but I'm not sure and she's like I'll take a look I'll, let me speak to him let me see like where he's at with this and so she I guess like you know p- pulled him to the side at Supergirl's birthday party and they had a chat and she was just like so when are you going to make an official with my bestie and he was like oh I got, a, I got the ring do you want to see it this is what she's telling me later after the engagement has already gone through do you want to see it? And she tells him yes. And she said, you know, he showed her she loved it. She's very particular. She's like, he, she loved it. He had it in his pocket at the party? Yes. He was going to ask me at her party. And she was like, if you ask her at Supergirl's birthday oh, party, no, you, that's never mm. forgive you. She came to the rescue on that one. That's that's like a, <laughs> she that's almost as bad as asking at someone else's wedding. Exactly. <laughs> and so she was like, do not. He was like, really? And she, cause she told him, don't ask on Tiffany's birthday because nosy wosy just knows she's going to get engaged on her birthday. Don't do it. Do it as a complete surprise. You pick whatever day, not today. And so when I asked her later, like, so what happened? She was like, girl, I don't know. I didn't get a really chance to uh, get a chance to speak with him. So she kept it as a surprise for me too. And I was like, oh, great. So I already had in my mind that it was going to happen on my birthday. And I was leaving for Paris on, um, the fourth, a few days later, because I always take myself on the epic birthday trip. And this year I took it a whole week early because I'm going to get asked my birthday. You see how I am? Just control. You just left a window for your birthday. Yes. It was going to be the day. You were so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Literally planned a whole trip around the fact that I'm getting my ring on my birthday. <laughs> and so You were real sure of yourself. <laughs> that day, he had such an attitude. Like I was packing. And I'm like, what is his problem? He had such like this weird attitude. My best friend Linda came just to like, my other best friend Linda came to see me off just to say bye. And like, mm. I don't know, he just was acting weird. I didn't know that. He was he waiting was for his moment. Yes. And I was like, what is his problem? Is it because I'm leaving? I'm always traveling. I'm always leaving a mess. Like whenever I travel, I like throw everything out, like on the ca- couches and everything. And I pick what I need and then I leave everything. <laughs> That's just my way. I was like, is he mad about the mess? I always leave a mess. Um, so he's taking me to um, my friend Madeline's house who I'm traveling with and um, we're waiting for the Uber to take us to JFK and he's like so you're gonna go to Paris with all the Jean Pauls and and Pierre's and Jean Luc's and I was just like what by then I was just annoyed because I'm like you know what you have an attitude I don't even want to deal and he was just like are you gonna come back and I said (laughs) I feel so bad about it now I said maybe not not with this attitude you have (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm being so mean <laughs> like so you're not gonna come back I said now and I said well of course I'm gonna come back I live here you know like no 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 but by then I was so annoyed because I'm like what is this deal and then like I'm about to walk away and he grabs my hand and he was like babe you know I want you to come back I said well okay you know and he's like no because and then he just starts stuttering which is not like him because um when you come back, um, you know, I want you to be my wife, you know, so because, yeah. And I'm, like, and I'm thinking he's just saying in general, because we always talk about marriage. And I was like, okay, yeah. And he says no. And he reaches into his pocket and like shows the ring box. And I thought that he was like saying, when you get back, I have a ring for you. And I was thinking to myself, this is not romantic. This is not how you do it. And then I went to walk away, like, really, do you have to the ring box? And then I realized, wait, is it happening? So he gets down on one knee. And I'm like, wait, I'm in my sweats. Wait. <laughs> this is so painful <laughs> and awesome because you were still so sure that you were right up until the moment. Even when he pulled out the box, you're like, no, but you're behind. You're like ahead of schedule. This I is know. next week. And all I hear my friend Madeline say, are you getting engaged? <laughs> and she's like bumping with her, with her, like with her cell phone, trying to capture it all. And it, it was night because our flight was at 1130 at night, trying to capture it all. And I was like, wait, wait. All I, all I hear myself saying is, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't even know what to say. So he's on one knee, like, uh, 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 the happiest man in the world. Uh, uh. 
I want some cold, hard concrete. I know. And I said yes. And then I cried. And then we kissed. And then we hugged. And I was just like, and then I looked at the ring for the first time. And I was like, I I do really love it. It's literally so perfectly me. And I was just like, wow. I love it. All that stress. All of that, like, angst. And since then, it's just been really great. I mean, outside of everybody pressuring us about what date, what time, when, when, babies, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get it now. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. I know. I was just like, he's like, he's like, I almost regret posting it on social media just to let people know. He said, because my phone has been ringing off the hook. And his so Supergirl was like, not too happy because she felt like she should have been there directing, directing the, um, (laughs) she was like, but I was in the car. Why didn't you call me? I wanted to see. (laughs) Oh, she, oh, yeah, that would have been cute. I know, sounds like, but in the end, it sounds really sweet. Yeah, it was really honestly, it was perfect, and it was perfectly us, and it was just nice. He's just like, you know, you're going to the city of love, and I want you to go knowing that someone loves you and wants you to be his wife, and I just, yeah. So it's just been great, honestly. Like he's really like my match. I mean, if I had to draw out on paper, personality-wise and stuff, like you know, what the type of man that not only do I want. But do I need, you know, as far as like being able to deal with me and all of my like, so on my birthday, my ring, <laughs> like all of that. He sounds like a saint. He is a saint. <laughs> you're about to you're about to hop in the Uber and be like, I don't want not with that attitude. I know. <laughs> the poor guy is like, but what? <laughs> it's right here the in the Uber drive, You know, the Uber drivers are only supposed to wait a minute or two. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, I saw you were a little busy because it was like in the light of the Uber car. <laughs> of the uber headlight getting oh, oh like, so your uber driver see it was nice that you had witnesses <laughs> yeah it was so yeah so that's so sweet I, I and the ring that. you didn't see the ring in the context of the man you love you know holding it in front of you originally it's different when it's just a ring on a countertop you know exactly versus like you know really just being like because it's very clear just from the ring that what he picked out it's just so perfectly me it's just simple it's just one stone and because I don't even really wear jewelry quite honestly and so it's just it's just me when you know when I see it every time I look at it I think to myself it was so weird being in France like with it on like was it weird when you first put it on that you're just like what's this thing on my hand um what I can tell you is that today I forgot it at home (laughs) because I take it off when I do my hair because there's so much gook on my hands you know and I forgot it at home and all day, like a dork, I kept like trying to go play with it and it wasn't there. And I had like this quick, like a miniature little panic attack, like, <gasps> where's the ring? Because um, the first place, the first time you misplace it, you'll like lose your mind. And like that always, that fear is always with me. Um, but it's weird. It's gotten to a point where, yeah, it's when I don't have it on it, it feels like there should be something there, which is just bizarre. It just feels weird to think like, I mean, because, you know, we live together, so I didn't think anything of it because not like life has changed. But then just like recently, I was thinking like, yo, Superman is going to be my husband, like my husband, not my boyfriend, not the boyfriend I live with. Like, I'm going to have a husband. Like, when did I become an adult? You know, um, Way before I did. If you don't have it together, <laughs> it doesn't there's feel- a hope for me. <laughs> it just feels, I mean, no, it feels right and it feels good, but it just feels so 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 adult like you know there are moments okay. in your life where I, I know you like, what you're talking about for sure you know it's like when you pay taxes for the first time or like when you you know you do something like really responsible like make your first dentist appointment without your mom okay. you know you're like ah. it kind of feels like when you know they did the rugrats all grown up yes special. that's how i felt like i went to this i've been to three weddings this fall three weddings in one month one month and a half um we just went to a wedding this weekend my college friend um, Julie got married and yeah, you're like, you're, you're sitting in an, it just feels like we're all playing dress up. Like we're all adults today. We're all doing our hair and makeup and we're going to go watch our friends get married, but it's like they're on the playground and it's doesn't, it doesn't feel real. It feels like we are wearing like adult costumes and underneath we're just all little babies. Yeah. I, d- I, I still feel like that. And there's, cause there's still adult conversations like, like prenup. Do we do that? Do people do that? Do regular people do that? Mm-hmm. Um, just like even I didn't even you know we didn't even talk about wedding dates and I was just like well what just just recently like he and I are both so like chill when it comes to that part and I was just like because honestly I don't really want like a like a, a wedding wedding I mean truthfully we could go to justice of the peace and tonight and be done with it um but at the same time I, I feel like he you know kind of wants a wedding so I'm definitely open to that's how it starts I know and I'm like I don't I don't want you're gonna be at Kleinfeld within two months I guarantee it no I don't 
<laughs> you're gonna be saying yes to something that's too <laughs> yep and I'm just like uh so it's just like these things and then my dad called I mean of course I call on my sisters and my parents and stuff like that and so there's like traditional Nigerian things that like my dad wants him to do and I'm like well oh I've been to a Nigerian wedding Oof. oh boy yeah we're we're there he's gonna get one thing and so I have to go meet with my dad and to have like a pre-chat of like well this like what tell me the list of Nigerian things that are part of our <laughs> evil culture and we will make a list of the things that I think you know and bring them I'll bring it back to Jarrell because honestly I don't even want all of everything I mean I know some people are like no it's part of your culture yeah it is but I would like to keep it as simple as possible so I want to look at that list of kind of things and say yes to these and no to this and so that way we're both really comfortable because you know he's not Nigerian and that's fine you know and so, yeah, so there's just like little things like that that definitely were like instant stress, you know, and then people just hitting me up on social media saying, I'd love to design your dress. So I'd love to do your hair and makeup. And I'd love to, you know, it, it sounds great. And it is nice that people have offered, but it was just so much that it was overwhelming, you know? Yeah, well, you just have to take a step back and just enjoy being engaged and kind yeah, of like tune it all out. That's what I feel It's like. just about you two, you know, those people aren't going to be there when you guys are you know, in your fifth year together and you're fighting over what movie you're going to watch and you like hate each other. Like they're not going to be there then. You know? I know. So, so I just, and that's what I felt like. I'm, I'm not going to lie. So the like in France and Paris, I got to enjoy that. But when I got home, when I actually announced it publicly, like then I felt like, oh gosh, so many people, I felt like it, it wasn't as enjoyable, not because of him, but just because of like outside kind of like influence. And I'm like, okay. So, but now it's, it's kind of settled down a little bit now that I've kind of like, it's kind of out, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's good. Somebody actually, because we didn't tag each other on purpose on social media, just because, like, I'll give you an example. I posted the fact that I was engaged in the Dreamcatcher group and 10,000 likes. And so I didn't want to tag him because I just didn't want the curious eyes all on his page, looking through his oh, picture, yeah. you know? And so I told him even when he, even when he, um, you know, put it on his page, I was like, you know, you don't have to tag me. I just don't. There's just, that's an extra added element of stalkerism from like exes and all that kind of stuff. And um, so many people hit me up and they're like, so I see that Superman said he's engaged. Um, did he ask you? <laughs> so, so many people were like unsure whether or not it was me. <laughs> I was like, yes, 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 it was me. And they're like, oh, oh girl, because I was like, wow, that would be awkward. <laughs> Either I'm really excited or I'm really sad for you. I, <laughs> No. It was weird for the exes to reach out. Congratulations. Like on my page and on my wall. I'm like, oh, okay. Speaking of adulthood. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was my, but my birthday was good. Like we went to, it was nice. No pressure. We went to go see Aladdin, which was awesome. It was a surprise. I he, saw, I love I, it was so good. Honestly, it was on par with, um, with, uh, Lion King last year. I'm not going to lie. I might have enjoyed Aladdin more than Lion King. Me too. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> it was more fun, you know? It, it was. Just, no, no one's bother died in a stampede. It was just, like, more enjoyable. And the genie, oh, it's it a good show. Amazing. The genie was amazing. I just, even he enjoyed it more. I was like, he's like, that was a lot of fun. I'm like, it was, right? So much fun. I just grinned like a stupid idiot the whole time. Yep. And I'm going to go see it again, actually. Matter of fact, I just might go see it again. Um, well, congratulations. <laughs> Big congratulations on Thank behalf you. of everybody. Can't wait to uh, pester you about all your wedding details. <laughs> Take some of the spotlight off. Um, but yeah, that's really exciting. Dude, how was London in the cursed, the, what is it, Harry Potter and the cursed child? Yeah, speaking of Broadway nerds. So my little brother and I, I've never gone, and, and also speaking of being an adult and feeling like, how did we get to this point? My younger brother and I, who I swear to God was just like four years old yesterday, um, is a grown man. And we planned last year to, on a whim, there's this Harry Potter play coming out in the UK. He and I are huge, fat Harry Potter nerds. It was like the one thing that bonded us as children. Um, we watched, we read all the books like crazy people. We watched all the movies. And when this play was coming out, I was like, we, we got to go. We got to go to London. And so a year ago, I bought the tickets. And then it was just sort of a waiting game. And we actually... You know, we really followed through. We booked the flights. We booked this brother sister trip, and it was—I mean, oh, it was—it was like far exceeded my expectations. Like I loved—I've never traveled with my little brother before. He's—he's. He's, I mean, age difference is like four and a half years. So when we were when we were kids, it was enough to like make us mortal enemies. But 
as grownups, it's just fun. Like, he's just a cool dude, you know? He looks like Drake. That doesn't hurt hurt. Yeah, any. he looks like Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he he doesn't get that at all ever. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> even in the UK, he got a little bit. But uh, yeah, the, the play itself was, I mean, I'm not going to bore you with the, with the details. It was a five-hour play in two parts. So we were basically out at the theater from for eight hours in total with breaks and stuff. Um, it was uh, it was intense and uh, very nerdy and um, yeah that's about it all all I'll bore you with on details but other than that like I love London we got we got so lucky we had amazing weather people were really nice to us I know you didn't like it but um, yeah I just think it was the fact that we went there with a specific event we were going to and as long as that event went well then everything else was just icing you know we did like the Harry Potter studio tour and we saw all the sites and we just ate really good food. And I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better time. It was like, but yeah, it was trippy traveling with my, with my baby brother. Oh, that's cool. You know, it was, it was, but it was good. I, I, it's the kind of thing I hope we can do, you know, even when we get older um, and life gets more complicated and everyone's like, what, your fiance didn't go? And I'm like, no, it's okay. You don't have to I travel. With Bay all the time. Bay can stay home sometimes. Also, Bay is not into Harry Potter, so he wouldn't have understood. <laughs> no, he like, would have hated his life. I'm actually good on that. Thanks. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Um, yeah, but what else has been happening in the world in the last two weeks? Um, so Solange's new album came out. Everyone lost their damn minds. I'm going to say that although I liked it. <laughs> you weren't going to like it. You, you, knew, you, said you knew I wasn't going to like it. Even though you just said although I liked it, you didn't like Tell the truth. I mean, it, it, I don't, I guess, you know what it is? I'm, I, I'm sorry, because I know all the soul sisters are like, Tiffany, don't do it. Okay, so, I said, I did not hate it. I did not. I did like it, but I was expecting to roll my body in it, love it, slide against the wall. <laughs> and I, just, and I, I didn't get that. And I know I had to sit and listen, like, really to the lyrics really closely. And I'm sure, because some albums really grow on me, but I listened to it about three times all the way through. And I was like, okay, I like it. But, you know, because everyone was like, it's everything. It is the blood of Jesus. It's <laughs> manna bread. It is life. It is death. It is everything in between. And I was just like, I mean, I liked it, but it's not like, you know, I don't know. I think um, I think the album, it's one of those albums, it's not like Lemonade. Like, it's yeah. not going to immediately pull you in and give you this, like, visceral, you know, physical reaction to the music and be instantly catchy and poppy. Because although that album was, like, really intense, I mean, it still had really catchy lyrics and catchy R&B and pop, like, hip-hop beats and stuff. Solange is just, like, pure R&B soul and kind of folky, like, on a, on a different level so yeah it is the kind of music where you have to kind of like sit with it and like really get deep in your feelings and take time which I kind of like about it because it's not you know how when's the last time I took time and listened to an album when I wasn't doing a million other things at the same time no it's true and I feel like that that it is one of that's why I said I'm like it reminds me kind of of like because like I love Bilal he's like one of my favorites but he's not one of those albums that you listen to you like for the most part and you're like yes get it it really is like this sit you really listen listening to the lyrics feeling it and I feel like I haven't really had a chance to sit with it in that kind of way in this kind of meditative state so so like I said I didn't hate it but I just it was not like you know it was not cocoa butter for my ashy knee <laughs> I think a lot of the messages people were just hungry for or they're hungry for an artist you know people give Beyonce a lot of flack for not speaking out on Black Lives Matter and all these issues of race that have come out and Lemonade was sort of a couple of the songs in Lemonade were sort of an answer to that but you know I feel like Solange's was just like purely you know, addressing these issues, talking about um, about brutality, talking about inequality. She had these great, you know, um, that great, uh, was it an intro or an outro where her mom is talking about, yes. Miss Tina Knowles um, was talking about, you know, loving being a black woman and, you know, not understanding when people, <clears throat> not understanding when people don't want to celebrate or, or when people misinterpret a celebration of blackness as a... Anti- yeah, anti-white sentiment or something like that. Um, uh, I loved, and I feel like Cranes. So Cranes was a song that everyone just like lost their shit over. You know, mm-hmm. Cranes is the song where it's like, she tried to drink it away. Sorry, I'm really bad at singing. <laughs> but she's she's talking about trying to drink away her pain, sex away her pain, spend away her pain. 
And she actually wrote the song eight years ago. I read that she, um, I read in an article or she posted on an Instagram or something. Um, she wrote it eight years ago, which predates all this, I think, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, she pulled it out and made it, it's so relevant for, I feel like, today's issues. But when you really look at the, what the song is, I think it could apply to any situation where you're going through like an emotional struggle and you do everything in your power to try and bury it. You know, you you do try and go to the mall, make yourself feel better, have a cocktail, make yourself feel better, uh-huh. you know, find yourselves in the arms of someone who's not worth your time because you're trying to make yourself feel better. Um, I think it's just I, 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 it's kind of like if this album had come at any other time, if she had released it eight years ago, I don't think it would have had Agreed. the impact that it has now. But today, and I feel like her timing is amazing. You know, number one album. Come her on. timely, yeah. And you know, it just—it's just nice too that Solange, because you know, Beyonce is like you know, the 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 one that people celebrate most when it comes to the duo of them. But I just think it's nice that Solange, you know, she has got. She could have been crazy. Come on, Beyonce's little sister <laughs> had every right to be insane. And, exactly, uh, she's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of, you know, black women being bae, I mean, did you check out our first lady on the cover? Was it New York Times? Uh, it just it just came out today. And yeah, that was like one of my top things I wanted to talk about. Oh, I on mean, Times, on the stop. What is it? The 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 magazine? It's the magazine, yeah, right? Because you can see it online right now. <gasps> I mean, honestly, it honestly, if you don't think Michelle Obama is like just so classically beautiful. Yeah, she might not be like uh, just I can't even say that. She looks so beautiful. I was like, look at Michelle. Well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Obama. Let me not be disrespectful because she is slaying. I love I mean, the she, photographs. Yeah, she just took everyone's edges and used them to wipe the bottom of her shoe <laughs> and then gave it back to you disrespectfully. Well, I think it's a talented <laughs> photographer. I mean, those those types of photo shoots, I've been on a couple of those. They're very difficult. I mean... And if you've ever been like, if you've ever even had a t- headshots taken, it's really awkward. You know, it, it takes a lot for a photographer to get the kind of images that really expose like the truth of what someone is. And you can see these photos of Michelle. They're all close up, black yep. and white images. She looks Gorgeous. every every adjective you've ever used to describe Michelle. Soft, elegant, powerful, um, intelligent. Yes. Um beautiful gorgeous Powerful. You, you just everything every, you know, of course in the beauty too but everything just sort of came out it was a, it just it, it was almost like a celebration and of the complexity of michelle and the fact that and you know i read all the essays and what so basically the the cover story is a group of four essays written by um a couple of well f- four prominent figures in literature um well i don't know if well okay so gloria steinem is one feminist icon um chimamanda Ngozi. Yeah. did i say that wrong no, you said it right. Okay. Um, she was another. And then Rashida Jones, the actress. Um, and then the guy, the last guy, John Meacham, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning um, writer. But they were all sort of essay, essays reflecting on Michelle. And I think they all celebrated the complexity of her and like how a lot of people in America haven't allowed her to be complex, mm-hmm. like haven't allowed her to be strong, but then also soft and funny, but then also serious and intelligent, but then you know, self-deprecating and um, ha- she's she's sort of been and, and handled it so well, all this, you know, bias in the media and like all these stereotypes and some thinly veiled and some not so thinly veiled criticisms, um, racial criticisms against her and the way she handles herself. And just it was just like, look at this woman and how she's um, emerged over the last eight years unscathed. I, which is so crazy because, I mean, honestly, like the way the media and just, just people in general have, I mean, people who are not Michelle Obama fans have treated her. It's just, it's crazy because when you think about it, I mean, you have never seen her slip eight years. I mean, I you would have caught like a, a neck roll at some point. Like, you know what? You know, one of those. Like, it's funny how that is never, <laughs> you know, that's like, oh. <laughs> And as much as they have pushed her to the brink, because, you know, they act as if black women, as if black women can't be complex creatures like that. I can't be ratchet, but sophisticated. I can't be like if I express that I'm frustrated. Oh, she's angry. I'm like, no, girl, like you, you were rude. I'm allowed to to feel and say you're rude and still be smiling and kind. And yeah, I just <laughs> literally unscathed, which is just 
remarkable and it just speaks to her character and and the way she carries herself i mean she is an amazing example for women across the board of just how to carry yourself and all women all women you don't have to be black to respect michelle and i think that's you know it's sad to say but that's a huge achievement i thought chimamanda's essay was one of the most striking because she mentions how she's holding chimamanda is kind of writing about herself watching michelle's first speech at um, the Democratic National Convention, and then watching the last speech Michelle just gave this past summer, um, and like holding her breath, because even though she knows the complexity of Michelle and how much she deserves to be respected, she knows that if Michelle even slips once, mm-hmm. people will launch on it, and people will be yeah. waiting for her to trip up, um, because they don't want to see an African-American woman in such a high place of power in our country, and um, I think that's just a good representation of, you know, and that's just a small sliver of the pressure that must have been on her shoulders all this time. And God, I'm going to miss them so much. I know. It's not fair. This election's a hot damn mess. It is a hot damn mess. (laughs) Honestly, I'm just like, did you just, just a little aside, did you see the video clip when Donald Trump um, leaned in, he who should not be leaned in to hug his daughter, Tiffany? No, I haven't. I try not to watch too much. It is kind of like, the teacher in me is like, wants to pull aside her, like pull her aside like a little girl and say, is everything okay? Is daddy touching you? Good because touch, bad touch. Yes. Gross. He leans in to give her a hug and it is so like she just like, you know, jerks back and like, you know, makes it like, it wasn't even like, a, you know, like um how if someone kind of like reaches for you and your initial reaction is to jerk. Oh, but then you lean on in. No, she jerks back and she continues to like, you know, uh, matrix her way around the hook <laughs> and then pats him on the arm. Like, oh, yeah, God. that's all you get. And I was like, what is happening? Mm. And, they, you know, I feel for his daughters. How can you be a woman and have to support oh. that? I did love SNL this week. And if you haven't watched it, did a did a spoof of Beyonce's lemon or Beyonce sorry with Melania Trump instead. It's called Melania aid. No, Melania Nade <laughs> is freaking hilarious. Um, yeah, it's it's cameos by Amarosa, by his yeah. daughter Tiffany, by Ivanka, and by his poor campaign spokeswoman. Um, yeah, if, if we can, if you want to move into Brown Breaks and Boost, I actually have an election themed. Okay, definitely. I well, I have one. My I'm gonna take a Brown Break from domestic violence. Oh, okay. uh, I, I did not watch and I will not watch um, Surviving Compton. Have you heard of that, Mandy? I have, but what is it? I so Surviving Compton. It. So I actually watched, um, uh, what is the, what was the original movie? Like the Compton uh, Made It? No. What was the movie? Straight Out of Compton? Straight Out of Compton. I'm like, I'm the 80-year-old woman brain. So Straight Out of Compton was this great movie about, it was really well done about the rise um, and this fall, I guess, of NWA. Um, not really the fall of it, but kind of like Dr. Dre, Eze, Ice Cube, like all of them, and kind of like West Coast rap, and kind of like what that story is behind it. It was really well done, and yeah, just I like that movie. You know, so it was actually a really good movie. I saw it. So apparently, I did not know this, but Dr. Dre, um, at the time, I don't know if he was married to her, but he had children with her. This, um, she was one of the early hip hop kind of like she was like an early Mary J. Blige. Her name was Michelle A. And she was um, with Dr. Dre kind of during that time. They were both really young. She was about 19 and he was about 25. But the level of abuse that he leveled against this young woman, from shooting at her to beating her in her sleep to Mm. hitting her so hard, knocking her brain loose, um, it was crazy. Knocking her brain loose? Hitting her that hard. I mean, he, of course, was suing um, for a lifetime and her for them not to show the biopic. Cause oh, it was, it, it's a lifetime movie, Surviving yeah, Compton. Was, oh, so it's it's the woman, it's his ex's yeah, story. Her, like, she was not in, she was not featured in um, in the, the movie, Straight Outta Compton. Even though they have children together, he was with her, So, but she was just cut out of that history. And so she was like, well, I'm going to tell my story with about Dre, Suge Knight. Um, Good for her. What'd you say? Good for her. Yeah, and it was from like the clips that I've seen and like just like my friends and stuff posting about it and reading, there's a, a woman named, um, she used to call herself a bell in Brooklyn, but Demetria O'Doyle, O'Doyle, I think O'Doyle, she, um, she did kind of a recap and it's just like, just the level, I mean, you know, you hear of abuse and 
there are levels. And every woman who had watched the movie, like Demetria would, would, would check in and say, wait, did he just, and another, a woman would say, just wait, keep watching. Mm. And then she would come back and be like, wait, did he just, someone would say again, just wait, keep watching. It, it escalated to levels that like are unheard of. And I'm like, what kind of people were just like, it, it was beyond like, you know, people were just like, Dr. Dre, you're a monster. It just, that's, I mean, I went on Twitter later to kind of see like what people were saying and people were like, wow, sir, if even half of this is true, you are literally a sociopath, a psychopath and a monster. I remember when I remember when Straight Outta Compton came out, people were saying like they were yelling and because it overlooked all that, you know, abuse and stuff. But I yeah, I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. And so I'm just taking a brown. But, you know, because it's so crazy because he apologized for the abuse at one point. But then when the movie was coming out, he was like, oh, it's all a lie. And I'm like, sir, we have you on tape apologizing for the abuse. Not that that erased it, but now that it's just don't want people to realize just how depraved and indifferent that you were to the mother of your children. And how at one point she tried to kill herself, but she failed. Um, Yeah, it's just you just wonder, like, what kind of person? And so I just said, you know, taking a brown break from like just. If you are, I mean, and maybe we can find like a link or something. Um, well, I was going to say, you know, with, um, I guess the, the one of the few silver linings with all this Trump controversy. So the last two weeks, of course, you all heard about the just, you know, just heinous comments Trump yeah. made about sexually assaulting women bragging about it. Um, I was reading in the Times, one of the silver linings is that the number of calls to the National Sexual Abuse and Rape Assault Line hotline Mm-hmm. Um, have increased from like 600 a month, like to t- 800 and more a month now. Um, so it seems like people are talking more about sexual assault yeah. and it's like empowering more people to come out and talk about it. So, I mean, I hope, I guess the movie and, you know, I guess the one silver lining is maybe it'll encourage more women to get out of those situations. Because I think that because of the, the, the general outrage over, you know, what what he who shall not be named said is that it gave women who probably went through it like, oh, so people, people think this is bad. Okay. You know? Because I'm not alone. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard. And you know what? It's, it's really hard. Well, you know, one of the things we talked about before was having an FU fund. And part yeah. of that FU fund is that so you can remove yourself from whatever situation that is not good for you. Um, you know, money is power in a lot of ways and it's, it's, you know, and even if you think you have money and your family and you're doing well, you know, if, if look really who has the control of the money, do you have control of the money? Do you, is your name, your name on the credit cards? Is it your name on the bank account? Or, you know, it's, it's, it's really about, you know, giving yourself, you know, financial autonomy and, and power. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that and wanting it in a relationship and looking for that. Um, cause it means when you don't like what's happening you as you should be able to can leave and sadly a lot of women you know don't have the means financially to leave and they get stuck i've seen it time and time again um yeah it's sad what about you are you breaking or are you boosting i'm gonna do a boost and a break so one just off the top my break is going to be this election i cannot wait for yeah. November 8th. I just want to cast my ballot and move on with my life because I can't take the headlines. I want Voldemort to go back into his cave. I want him to just disappear oh, into the dark hole he was born in. Um, so I want to break from the election. I'm sure all of you guys do too. Um, but my boost, I want to give a boost to women in this election. Um, yeah. I think especially in, in light of these recent comments made by Voldemort, he who must not be named, um, all these polls have come out showing that women are the ones who are, you know, really behind Trump's um, drop in the polls recently and how women will be the deciding vote, how um, polls of men have shown that they haven't really changed their opinion too much one way or the other um, of him in, in light of these recent comments. But uh, women are the are the is the is the core group of voters who will be a, one of the biggest deciding factors in this election. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that's really powerful. And just a reminder that um, women's voices do matter. In fact, there were some there was this terrible hashtag going around from conservative voters. I think it was repeal the 13th, which gave um, 
or repeal whatever i'm terrible my u.s history teacher is just rolling over right now <laughs> repeal whatever amendment it was that gave women the right to vote i think it's the 19th oh i'm terrible Are you kidding? oh my god oh, i'm sorry yeah repeal the amendment that gave women the right to vote so that um yeah so that uh we would have less of a say in the election um so i think that's just you know more encouragement for women to get out there and vote your votes do count um and you know that's all i can say about that oh and um no that's not all i can say because i forgot to mention michelle speaking of our goddess flotus um gave before this new york times story even came out that was just good timing she dropped the mic on america again um last week with her speech i believe it was in new hampshire um just dragging lord voldemort down to the ground for those comments he made and really just like reading america for um doing anything else than completely condemning those words and being terrified terrified of the prospect of a man like that being close to the presidency so um and i think if there's any president of women in america it's going to be flotus so she speaks for all of us and I see you, Hillary. I see you got your your secret weapon, Miss Michelle, and I I can't blame you I for it. Bitch, girl, you better bring out the big gun. <laughs> it's working. I'm not gonna lie, it's working. Um, yeah. So go, girl, girl power. Yes. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right. So like Tiffany said, you can go right to brianambitionpodcast.com to submit your questions. We've got some really good questions. We're only going to get to maybe one or two today. Um, This one is uh, a really good question from one of our listeners who wants to remain anonymous. Um, She says, I'm really confused. I heard on a recent episode of Brown Ambition, um, a story that's triggered a lot of questions and doubts for me. My school loans are with an issuer called FedLoan. I have about $84,000 in student loan debt, and I'm on an income-driven repayment plan. But I've been using a company called Student Loan Assistance Center. I pay Student Loan Assistance Center $39 a month for their services. They applied on my behalf for the um, income-based repayment plan. They've helped me get a loan consolidation and have also helped me getting on a 25-year income-driven repayment plan. Um, I don't even understand everything on the form, um, and I wonder if all I've been paying um, has been for nothing. Um, During the episode, I heard you say that I don't really need a company to act as an intermediary for these services. I wonder if I can drop SLAC and continue on the plan by myself. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that you could have just called your federal student loan company and they would have given you the exact same stuff. Yes. So um, I looked up Slack. Um, It's actually a document processing company. So Slack is, um, it's legitimate, okay? There are businesses out there that you can pay a fee and they will do things for you that you can do yourself. The same way you could file your taxes, but you hire an accountant and they do a service for you that you could do it yourself. Um, so they're called a document processing center. They're not one of the super uber duber scammy ones out there that are like using images of Obama and promising student loan forgiveness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, however, yes, you can absolutely do. You can absolutely just call your service or your loan servicer yep. and enroll in those programs on your own and save your $39 a month. Also, there's no reason to pay any company a monthly fee because it only takes one phone call. I was going to say that, like, so what are they charging? It's, once you do the, the documents that one time, you're like, you're in like Flynn, like there's nothing else. So when you're paying indefinitely $39 a month, and what are they going to do? Say, hey, you're no longer in the income-based repayment program? That's not how that works. Yeah. So. 
So that's the short answer to your question. She had a second part to her question. She's okay. So she's looking at her student loan balances, and they're just not going down. She says, I don't even understand everything on my um, student loan form, and I wonder if all I've been paying all this time is interest, since the amount of the principal doesn't seem to change, although it's been a year now that I've been on the plan and I pay regularly. Um, here's the thing. With income-based repayment plans, and especially if you're on a 25-year plan, your payments are probably super-duper low. <laughs> Um, she did send me some of her loan documents, and I looked at them. Her interest rate is 5.8%. Okay. Chances are her payment is so low that she really isn't touching the principal. Like, she's yeah. just probably not even touching how much interest is on it. So that's the that's like the, the, the quid pro quo with those income-driven repayment plans is yeah. that when anytime you give yourself longer to pay off a loan, you're paying way more in interest. So interest. you're actually going to pay more over time. Way more. On the other hand, you get the benefit of flexible repayments and you can, you know, live your life and pay your bills and you're not stressed out. Um, it's it's a give and take, um, but it's something that you should consider because if you're expecting, to, you know, to pay off that 85, I mean, there's a, it's 25 years. That's how long it's going to take you. That's yeah. what the plan is set up for. So, um, you know, you could, you know, there's student loan repayment calculators you can look up online um, we have one at magnify money and you can put in your numbers and put in your how much you're paying per month and it'll tell you yeah it's going to take you a while um, but the good news is if you cancel that 40 bucks a month basically you're paying you can put that towards your principal totally yeah I you would know? say cancel them yeah for sure and just say you know what I'm going to put 40 bucks a month like you can make a sec second principal payment of the 40 bucks a month and at least then you'll know that you're you know you're doing a little bit of a shift but you know it's yeah I mean, but I'm glad that's a really good question to ask because, for example, I paid someone to not do income-based repayment and stuff like that, but I paid her to help me figure out, even though I know I could do this myself and I could have done the research and all kinds, the Googles and everything else, but it was worth it to me to help for her to help me find a program where I could get rid of my student loans as much as possible. And with her help, um, I've been able to reduce my student loans um, by $20,000. And now it's definitely, was that a program I could have Googled? Yes, but I did my Googles and I was like, I don't know what this says. I'd rather pay someone a couple hundred bucks to find it for me and then I've saved 20,000. So to me, the return on investment was worth it. Like Mandy said, it's like doing your laundry. You know how to do laundry, you could do it yourself or you could pay for a service. So it all kind of depends on, you know, on, on where you are and what you can afford and if you're willing to do the, the, the work yourself. but. What you paid for, honestly, was just that's a phone call you could make just saying, hey, I want to apply for income based repayment and they would have walked you through. Um, so just making sure that before you pay for anything, this is just for all the BA listeners, before you pay for any financial service, you know, do your best to try it on your own first. And then if you if you don't make any um, any movement or any progress on your own, then, yes, you know, paying for professional services is not a terrible thing when you know, you know what, I've tried. Yeah, and just do a quick Google search. That's what I did to find out more about SLAC and see what other people have said about it and if they had the same experience. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate thing is that it's a legitimate company. They gave you a service. You paid for it. You can't get your money back. You know, um, that's a shame. So hopefully you can just cancel it and, and move yep. on um, and uh, start aggressively making payments as much as you can on those student loans. And you'll probably save more in interest by making bigger payments than you, what you lost this year paying that company. Um, so you can come back for it for, from it for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on to our second question. So this is from a reader named Dana. Um, she says, I come to you with a career dilemma. You came to the right place. Um, Dana says, I'm two and a half years removed from getting my bachelor's in business. Shortly after college, I landed a standard entry-level job with a solid Fortune 100 company. As a new college grad, I was ecstatic. However, my interest started to wane, and I was able to pinpoint that my boredom was attached to not feeling as though my company or my position fed my desire to work in a helping field. Um, I, I wrestled with a few options and ended up with teaching. Fast forward and we're now in October. I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm constantly kicking myself as to why I jumped into this field. I'm a sixth grade language arts teacher. There is just so much and it has me questioning everything about myself. According to the infamous first year teacher disillusionment chart, I don't know what that is, Tiffany. <laughs> I am in the low point of first year teaching. Oh, I guess there's a lull in 
depression and first year teaching. Uh Um, In the event that it doesn't get better for me, how should I approach yet another career change? Also, when should you sacrifice school for work and vice versa? My gut is telling me to go back to school to get an MSW, but is it but it is because my school is my comfort zone. And I also like to minimize debt as I currently am debt free. So uh, let's maybe tackle the first part. So she yeah. she went to school for business. Did she get her degree? She's two and a half years removed from getting her bachelor's in business. Okay. Shortly so, after college, she got an entry level job. Then she decided to switch moves and go into teaching. So that's where she and I are. We're on the same page. So I got my, my degree in business as well. Was like, eh, hate these, hate these internships. They're soul sucking. <laughs> then I became a teacher. And I can tell you that first year, I cried almost every single day in the car on the way home. <laughs> it's a lot. I cried. You were definitely and- in that first year low. Oh, what? Not only did I cry. First of all, I was exhausted. I couldn't even make it all the way home. I used to pull over halfway home. There was a, a Walmart that was like the halfway home point, And I was so exhausted. I used to pull over and take a 30 minute cat nap in the car <laughs> every day because I couldn't make it all the way home with my eyes open because I was that exhausted. So just know that, yes, it is very, very hard in the beginning because no matter what you no matter what you do, it's difficult because teaching is one of those things that you really only get better at or do well at with time. It's not something where it's like baking. Yeah, you know, you make a few cakes, you know, well in the beginning, but really the nuances don't reveal themselves to you until after a few years of really getting into it. And so the, for the first year, I was exhausted and I was depressed and I was like, I mean, I love the kids, but everything else sucked. Um, and it got better. Um, and I'm obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not there now, but it got better as far as I got better as a teacher, because it's, it's like when you first start driving, you know, when you first start driving and everything is a distraction, you're like, oh my God, the mirror, the lights, the camera, the action. But then after a while you learn how to focus and, and really not be distracted by all these different things. It's like that when you teach, everything is something. But then after a while, you, you, you'll get into a rhythm where, one, you learn how to read kids very quickly and people in your audience when you're speaking to them very quickly. You learn how to manage your classroom. You learn how to quickly, like, diffuse situations. You learn, like, you know, just there are all these things that you, you don't even need to, you don't even realize you need to learn that you will learn if you decide to stick with it. Um, so I, I can't tell you to stick with it or not stick with it. All I can say is that how you're feeling is completely normal. Um, and then if you decide to make a career shift, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, honestly, I'm not under the belief that you have to stay anywhere. I mean, I'm doing the budget Easter now. What? I mean, catch me in two years. I might be the natural hair guru. I don't know. <gasps> no. <laughs> no. That's my plan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> honestly, I don't, I'm not married to one way of living. I believe you have this one short life and you, there's parts in life, like half of your life is gone to you. Part of your life, you're too old to do anything. The other part, you're too young to do anything. And then there's a middle piece where you're, you're, it's like just right. So Goldilocks, you better live your life because you're, you're in your just <laughs> right. So don't feel like you have to stay a certain place. I don't care if you change your career every two years. You know, live your life. And so, but just don't run from teaching if you think just because you think that I shouldn't be feeling um, overwhelmed and upset that that's kind of normal. Everyone's not going to feel that way, but it's not abnormal. I certainly cried nearly every single day. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. I was in the question. <laughs> I bet that's really comforting for her to hear. I bet that's what she needed. Like, yeah, like 75% of that question, she just needed someone to tell her that she's not crazy. Yeah, she, you're not crazy. It's a lot, girl. You're dealing with like how many kids in the classroom, then the administration, and then the fact you actually have to teach them something. And then no one, no one actually, I was, I kept waiting for teacher lessons. Girl, they never came. No one came and said, hey, Tiffany, this is how you actually teach and manage the classroom. Literally the first day, Mandy, I didn't even know what kids that age knew. I was asking the student teacher, like, so, like, what do three and four-year-olds know? Like, do they know their name? I had no idea. So I'm like, so, hi, guys. I mean, I didn't even know. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. I, <laughs> I can't think of a single more terrifying thing than sitting and standing in front of 25, 12-year-olds in English class. Oh, my God. You don't even know that you have no – unless you have children that age, there's no point of reference for you. So you don't know how hard you go, how soft you go, how gentle, how mean, how – you don't know. And so you don't you don't get your, your cadence. Um, it just takes a minute. And kids can smell and taste fear, and they, they eat it like <laughs> – like, like, they're like, ooh, yes, 
she's afraid. <laughs> Here comes Miss Dana, y'all. Yeah. We about to have fun. Here comes this new fresh meat. Got her. And so that's, but I will say this. If you stick with it for a little while, you will come out on the other side a freaking superwoman. There is no badder, like cooler, well-equipped person that I know than a damn teacher. Because Mm -hmm. one, you learn how to manage folks. You learn public speaking. You learn how to keep people's attention. You learn how to bring people from a place of no knowledge to knowledge. You learn not just that, but it's like running a business because you have to manage the administration, the parents, and the students. And on top of that, teach them something, something, make it entertaining. I mean, the reason why I do so well at the Budgetista, hands down, 85% of it comes from my training in that classroom in Newark, New Jersey with 15 three and four year olds at a time. It taught me everything. And so, you know, if nothing else, stay for a, a few years or so just to get that lesson because you can take those skills and run the damn world. <laughs> for real. You can do it. You can. <laughs> and just keep keep in contact. I would love to hear, you know, share your teacher story. That's one thing, a fun thing about being a teacher is like you become like really like a fun friend because every day I would have like teacher stories for my friends. So even if something is crazy and something terrible happened, share it as a teacher story with your friends. You know, of course, leaving your kids' names out. But it becomes fun. Like my friends would ask me like, so what about the kid with the plaid shirt? How's he doing? You know? And so it just became fun sharing the good, bad, and ugly with my friends. And it, it became very um, it's almost like therapy for me to share like my my teacher stories. You have to talk about your you need, you need friends to talk about your day and yeah. whatever you do. But um, one part of her question that that struck me was when she said she's thinking about going to back going back to school to get her MSW, the Master's in Social Work. Um, and she says that's because school is my comfort zone, and I'd like to, um, but I'd also like to minimize debt. So she's as you're weighing the option to go back to grad school. I mean, what I'll say about grad school is you know during the recession. Tons of people couldn't get jobs, so they ran to school because it was, you know, they sheltered in school was like the the formal term because there weren't really any job prospects. They weren't getting any professional experience. So, of course, they went to school to get, you know, professional degree. But I feel like in social work especially, I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not in social work. But I feel like years of experience as a teacher are very powerful on a resume. Like you're getting real world professional experience. Um, and I would take that into consideration too as you're weighing the option of going back to school, especially if it means taking on a ton of debt. You have to think really hard. Is that debt going to be worth the potential future earnings increase you can get with a degree in social work? Again, I don't know, you know, what degrees in social work, you know, how that can translate in salary, but, um, you know, ask yourself, will you be better off with, you know, tons of debt in that master's? Or tons of professional experience um, and growing in a, in your actual career field um, later on. I mean, teachers are social workers in their own way, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like those are, I mean, you're learning a ton of skills that probably social workers learn in their day-to-day job already. And you're getting paid for it um, rather than paying, you know, to learn it in a, in a classroom environment, which honestly is not like the real world anyway. And I'll say this, that like when it comes to, you know, stuff like that, you should ask you like, what's your end goal? So my sister taught me this, my older sister. She's always That's so a scary busy. question. It, it is a scary question, but it helps to order your path. So like, you know, if you're like, you know, ideally where you see your life headed, making sure that all of the pieces that you're collecting are going to come together to equal that puzzle. So if your end goal is not to stay in the classroom, then why collect a puzzle piece you can't use? You know, so just making sure like, well, what is it that I see for my life? What is it? How, how is it that I like my life to go? And making sure that, you know, everything matches up to that. Like, okay, I see myself. I know, I remember saying that I, I wanted to travel, you know, a lot. And so being a preschool teacher or any teacher helped with that because it was like, oh, I have my summers off, you know? And, you know, thinking to yourself, oh, I want to make a certain amount of money or I want to live in a certain place or I want to feel a certain way or I want to give back, whatever that looks like, making sure that, you know, does that degree, is that in alignment? with in general how you'd like your life to kind of play out and if not then you know make a different choice I mean it's you know I know it's hard I'm not saying like what do you want to be when you grow up because I believe that we're going to be a number of things to me I like to say how do you want to live because the how do you want to live doesn't really change that much you know people who who kind of pick their how travel fun giving sharing caring those things don't typically change so figure out how do you want to live and and do things in alignment with that. 
Preach. That was excellent. I could listen to your advice all day. You know, you might have a future in advice giving. I don't know if anyone told you that. What? I need my own advice. What? I was just, this is just like an aside. And this is like adventures of like, just, I've been very, very, very overwhelmed lately. But not even in a, in a bad way. There's just been so much, it's really good stuff. But it's just, it made me realize that it's time for me to get a, um, a personal and in-person assistant. Like, come get my laundry. You know, remind oh, I saw me to, your job my, posting. Yes. And so it's just Tiffany's crazy. hiring. I know I am. I But I need an in-person um just a, like a, not, not an admin, like a personal assistant for real. And it sounds so crazy. Like it sounds so Oprah-esque or so Beyonce, like what do I need a personal assistant for? But I find myself spending hours doing things that I shouldn't be doing, quite honestly. And it's not even because of the business aspect. More and more, I've just been thinking about family and I, I want to have a kid. And I'm like, well, I'm spending hours doing these like non-essential things. That's less time than I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have with my hopefully future baby and I just I don't want to I don't want that to take up so much time anymore so I've been trying to strategically and the same thing to like to the young woman that just um that wrote that email that that's what I mean like I'm trying to make choices that add up to the life of how I want to live and I want to live a life where I have time to like chill with my baby and not worry about my business falling to pieces because there are people in place to make sure things run so part of that how is planning now to get a personal assistant and figuring out what does that look like. So as I'm working on, you know, I even got like this um fertility app on my phone, which we could talk about like next Ooh, time. Wow, we just I, shifted uh, gears, we didn't are, we? We are, we are knee deep in this thing, man. You don't even know. This fertility thing is like, this is fun. Child, we gonna we're going to do a it. whole episode. We're going to call it Planned Parenthood. Yes, we are going to call it. We're going to talk about that next episode. But yeah. So if yeah, you guys just, have parenting questions, ask them now. Right. Oh, no, don't ask me. I don't have any. We will send them to experts (laughs) (laughs) or or family planning questions. questions. Like, well, how do you make sure that they're not killers? Oh, my God. Yeah. How do you make sure they don't want to do things like drugs? Like, I never wanted to do drugs. How do I make sure my kid doesn't want to do that stuff either? And you can't even ask like your mom and stuff anymore because they don't even remember. They don't remember. They're like, I don't know. I just, changes, I, I just winged it. Like, my nephew, like mommy, you had five of us. She's like, I know, but you guys are like 40. So <laughs> <laughs> should have asked him when you were 12. I know. She doesn't even remember anything. I'm like, that's not how you hold a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I've seen my mother-in-law hold a baby. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. You're like, how did they birth children and take care of them? Like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> I know. Yes. Because they know how sturdy they are. That's the thing. They know they're not breakable. Yeah, they're not. And then you're all like, okay, okay, don't die. Don't die. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, all right. So you want to end with some wins? I mean, I'm just going to. I'm so excited for our Planned Parenthood episode. Um, I need everyone to get ready. We're going to do an entire thing about planning for a baby. Yes. Um, Financially, emotionally, mentally. Yes, definitely. I'm excited about that, too. I'm going to share you with you this app that I found that's really awesome. It's free, but I've been loving it. You guys can – so even gear up by sending us, like, some questions, even some suggestions that we can share with the rest of the BA audience about, like, what you use that really helped. Um, I am 37, and so I'm not some spring chicken. So pregnancy – I mean, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Um, I eat fairly decent, and I exercise. So <laughs> She wants medical <laughs> advice. If we have any gynecologists or fertility doctors on the line, um, Tiffany's email is... Da, 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 da. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous about, like, my ability to conceive because of my age. But, you know. That's mm, true. I have, um, yeah, I have friends who are going through the same thing right now. Friends who are... But not just age. I mean, friends who are my age, um, younger, older, who've been dealing with fertility um wins and loses okay. loses wins and losses um yeah and i think it's just something everyone's going through and we're all just kind of afraid to talk about it because we're like what we're independent women we're gonna get our career first and like manage our you know our lives and get the right man but like family planning is important and I it think, is and it's planning that's what i'm realizing like because when yeah. you're in your 20s you don't think about it but i'm like wow this is like a plan and i have to make a plan that if by a certain time it doesn't happen do we do in vitro like what are what are those things? Does insurance cover it? There are all these things now that I have to like contend with on top of the fact of running a business that I'm like, wow, but that's what adulting looks like, you know? So, so you want to wrap up with some wins? I mean, my win is easy. My win is I got my ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many wins. Oh yeah. That was a huge win. 
Mrs. <laughs> Superman. Future Mrs. Superman. <laughs> My win is the fact that I did not think of a win before. Obviously, I'm unprepared. Um, we talked about a lot of positive things to say. I mean, a lot of positive things today. Um, I guess I'll I'll make my win the fact that although none of us seems to really know for sure what the hell we're doing, whether it's in our like career, finances, relationships, like we're all figuring it out, and we're all gonna be okay. That's all yeah. I want to say. We're all gonna we're all gonna be we're all grown ups. We have the license to live our lives the way we want to live them. And we're all need to be empowered to live what we want to live them and to feel like, you know, you deserve everything you have and more. And um, so if you feel like you are a little bit of imposter syndrome in your adultingness, um, just learn to embrace it. Yeah. You should start to figure out what you want. And it's OK to know what you want and what you don't want um, out of life. And like Tiffany said, start answering the questions of what you want. I mean, how you want your life to look mm -hmm. and it's okay to ask those questions. And it's even better when you have some answers for those, because that will make everything appear much more clear. All the choices you have to make as soon as you're looking through them through the lens of mm -hmm. how does this, um, help me achieve what I want my life to look like. Um, you'll just see things get more simple. And I think that's what everyone says or what everyone means when they talk about how much they love getting older. Because mm -hmm. everything just sort of becomes more simple um, because you know what you want and how to get it. So this is my my love letter to adulting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I kind of need that pep talk, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I mean, yes, it all in the end, it all kind of works out. And yes, it, I'm not going to lie. I said, because how old are you, Mandy? I'm 29. So, yes. Yeah, so I will say that at 37, I am definitely more clear on my how like how I want to live. So, you know, that's the one thing I will say. I mean, and I can't speak for every woman, obviously, but it, it does get, as far as my journey, it's gotten clearer and easier to identify the, huh, you know what, this is in alignment. This is how I want to live. You know, so I will say that part, it, it doesn't necessarily get life in general, get easier, but, you know, I can pretty much, when something comes my way, like I had an opportunity today, great money. And I was like, I instantly was like, nope. In my head, I said, nope, I let them talk. But I said, nope, this is not in alignment. This is going to take time away from my family. I'm in this baby making time. It's, this baby's not going to make itself. I need to be home. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> On that note, we leave you with some baby making music. Wow, wow. I, can't, I can't do another two weeks without you in my life. I seriously can't. <laughs> All my silliness, right? Here. I need to know that it won't happen again. No, I'm kidding. Um, we just had a busy, busy early October, but um, we'll be back next week with another show. Yeah. You guys continue to send us your questions at brownambitionpodcast.com. Leave us reviews. Let us know how much you like the show. It helps everyone find us. And thank you again for all your support. Yes, we love you. <laughs>